Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Obviously, Julie already mentioned about that. That was cool. I, I don't know why this morning, but I, I've been kind of crying a little bit down the front row. So if you saw me, it's not like I'm like breaking down. Um, I, it's just something about this place that I, I just love. Um, it's home. It's where I belong. And I looked at my mate Prash when he was... When he, when he was leading worship, and I was like, wow. And then I looked across, and I saw my mates Ben and Elliot reaching out to God in worship, and I was like, wow. And then I heard Tracy over my ear, and normally that would annoy me, but not today. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, wow. Just people reaching out to God, yeah. stretching out to him, throwing their everything on him, on that Jesus, we need you song. Yeah. It's just so true. Uh, I hope that's the way that we live our lives with the posture. I want to live my life with the posture of Jesus. I need you. Every moment, I need you. And um, I just love this place. So we've been in this great series, what it's like to be around here. It started with a bang, obviously, with the, the interview. And we had such a great time. We had a blast talking about some of the things we didn't want here. And over the last few weeks, we've been talking about what we do want in our house, in Arena Church. And listen, I'd encourage you, if you're a part of Arena and you've missed some of those messages, go back, take a listen, because that's who we are as a church. Today, I've got the privilege of speaking on faith and aspiration, which I'm excited to preach about. So listen, if we're speaking about faith and aspiration this morning, we need probably a little bit of noise as well, if that's okay. You know, faith. Thank you, John T. Faith, you know, faith, it has a sound, doesn't it? Faith has a sound. Faith, unfortunately, isn't that quiet. There's a sound of faith, I believe. There's a sound that rises up like there's a sound of praise. That's why I believe that praise and worship and faith go hand in hand. Because as I lift my voice and sing and praise God, something happens within me and my faith rises. I don't know about you. That's what happens to me. But we're going to be talking about faith and aspiration. You see, I believe that aspiration is a result of faith. See, we have faith in Jesus and aspiration comes out of our relationship with Jesus. See, as we draw closer to him, we can't help but dream about the future that he's calling us to. See, in Hebrews 11, we see the definition, the biblical definition of faith says this. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And we know from Hebrews 11 verse 6, it says this. That without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, for me to have a relationship with God, I must have faith in him. See, today I have an assurance that he's here. I have an assurance that he's with me. I have an assurance that Jesus died and rose again to save me. I have assurance that he's the one true God that created heaven and earth. See, my relationship with God is built on this foundation of faith. It's impossible to have a relationship with God without faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. See, moving on to aspiration, the definition of aspiration is a strong desire to achieve something. Its scientific take is described as the act of breathing. See, aspiration is to look to those things that keep you alive. Why do you wake up in the morning? 
Have you got aspirations? Have you got a dream? Have you got a vision over your life? See, as soon as you lose aspiration, you forget why you're here and what the reason is for waking up. I was out last night for Jared and Sam are getting married in a few weeks over at our Mansfield campus. Uh, that's where they're from. And um, we were out, uh, just out for a meal. And as we were walking out, people were going out into town. And I was talking to one of the guys. I can't remember who. And I was saying, it's so funny, isn't it? Because people live, people are living their lives just for Saturday night to, to drink it away and do other things. And then like, kind of, that's the end of the week until the next Saturday. I don't want to live my life like that. I want to live a bigger life. See, God wants you to have dreams that impact the world. We need you to aspire to bigger things because that increases our impact in the world. See, the way the world is changed is by people like you and me getting a picture of something bigger than us and then clinging on to God until it comes to pass. This is a biblical pursuit. See, God created us to step into the more than we can ask, think, or imagine. That's Ephesians 3.20. Go check it out. See, in living a life of faith and aspiration, this means to us at Arena, it means that we believe in the impossible. Don't limit God by what you think is possible. He is the God of impossible. He's the God who opens blind eyes. He's the God who makes deaf ears here. He's the God who raises the dead. We believe in an impossible God. We follow the Bible and what God says, even when it doesn't fully make sense. You know, there's some things in the Bible to me that uh, we were just away this last week in Wales and I was underlining my Bible at the breakfast table and dad says, are you crossing things out? (laughs) Yeah, I don't like that bit. (laughs) There's times I'd like to do that, but we don't because you know what? God knows better than us. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And you know what? What he says goes. The next thing is this. We actively take steps of faith and we are not passive. I love that we're in a church that takes risks. You know, yesterday was a risk. I know we've done it before. The project's a risk. Doing what we do is a risk. Doing what we do in the community, it's a risk. But I love that we take steps of faith as God calls us. And lastly, as Arena Church, we believe that God is working in our lives even when we can't see it. See, faith is based on this assurance that God is working in our lives even when we can't see it, even when we can't feel it, even when it doesn't seem tangible, we can still know that he's there. See, today I want to look at an account in the Bible that's filled with faith and aspiration. Mark 5, verse 21 to 42, says this. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched 
my clothes. You see the people crowding around you, his disciples answered. And yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He didn't let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kun, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. What an amazing passage. I don't know why I'm losing it this morning. (laughs) Have you ever really wanted to step into something, to grab hold of something, but you weren't quite bold enough to do it? I have. I mean, I know for some people it might have been that relationship, you know, that boyfriend, girlfriend when you're a bit younger in your formative years. Like I know a few people who they were kind of just, I really like that girl. I'm like, just go and speak to them. Like, no, no, she'll come to me. Uh, That never really happened. I see, I was lucky enough not to be like that, and I bagged an absolute catch on my third or fourth try. <laughs> uh, when I was 18, I kind of was kind of over and done with that, thank God. But have you ever been like that? I mean, for you, it might have been a business that you've aspired to or you've dreamed about that you weren't quite bold enough to step into. For you, it might have been a ministry that you felt Jesus called you to, but again, you weren't quite bold enough to step into and take hold of it. See, this is okay when it's little things in our lives, but when it's the bigger things, when it's our dreams, when it's our God-ordained calling, this is not okay. Because we want to step into all God's called us to, don't we? See, I know that the fear of failure has stopped people more often than not stepping into all they are called to be. This is something I want to be in my life. I want to call something bigger out of people that they don't even see in themselves. I want to call people to more. See, what we do when we value the fear of failure over this destiny that God's called us to is we are valuing fear over our destiny. In Mark 5, we encounter a religious man whose daughter's dying and a woman who's at the end of her tether. She's had enough. See, we know that the man's called Jairus, but we don't learn the name of the woman. She's just known to us as the woman with the issue of blood. See, from the account in Luke, we understand that she has had this issue for 12 years. 
She's been to see the brightest. She's been to see the best. She's take, like wasted all her money on this. She's been to see the best guys and they have taken advantage of her. I think she's in a place where we meet her here in Mark 5 where she's just at the end of a rope. She's had enough. See, because of the law also, because of the law of the day, the Old Testament law, I don't think it's a stretch to believe that this woman in this society probably is a bit of an outcast. Because of the problem that she had would have made her unclean. So maybe, just maybe, her friends have deserted her. Maybe her family have stayed away from her. Maybe the religious people of the day didn't want to come close to her at the risk of being unclean. See, where many of us have stepped back, this woman stepped up and took hold of what God had called her to. See, for this woman, moving on was not an option. For this woman, sitting down and thinking, oh, Jesus will come and see me, was not an option. She had to get a miracle. Jesus had to come through to her. She had to get to Jesus no matter what. See, we see that she does this. She steals a miracle from Jesus and he heals her. And he says to her, he doesn't rebuke her. He says, your faith has healed you. Whew, your faith has healed you. See, this account reveals us so much about faith and aspiration. See, the first thing I see from this account in Mark 5 is this, that faith knows where to go. Faith knows where to go. We've we see that Jairus, the religious leader, went straight to Jesus and it said he fell on his hands and knees. Now what you have to realise is this, that the religious leaders and Jesus did not get on too well. So this man Jairus, by going and doing this to Jesus, I think he's putting his reputation on the line. Because the religious leaders did not like Jesus. He was a threat to them. But this man, he could have gone anywhere. He could have gone to the medics of the day. He could have gone to the doctors. He could have gone to the high priest. But where did he go? He went to Jesus because he'd seen something different. See, faith starts with an understanding that Jesus is the only place for us to go. That he's our best option and not our last resort. See, he could have gone anywhere, but he went to Jesus. I believe that you can see where someone's faith is by where they go to first. Where do you go first? Is your faith in your bank balance? Is your faith in Facebook? Is it in that friend or, or the doctors? Or is your faith in Jesus? I'm not saying any of that stuff's wrong. I, I use the doctors. I, 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 think, I thank God for the doctors that we have and the nurses and the medical profession that he gave people wisdom to help us heal. But where do you go first? Where do you go first? See, I think that faith is revealed in time of crisis. When everything's fallen to pieces, where do you run? I believe that the best place to run is to Jesus. Into his arms because he is able to heal. He is able to intervene. He is able to bring breakthrough. See, it takes faith to believe that he can heal and that he can save. And the way we build that is by getting to know him. The more I spend time with God, the more I spend time in his presence, the more I spend time in his word, uh, my faith rises. I realize more and more that he can save me and that he has saved me and that he can set me free and that he can deliver me and that he is here with me. The way we build that 
is by getting to know him. See, faith knows where to go, and that's to Jesus. The next thing I see from this passage is that faith takes a risk. See, this woman took huge risk stepping out to see Jesus. Like I said, what you may not realize is some of the implications of this woman being in this crowd. First of all, a woman should not have been approaching a man because of the, because of the, uh, the society in that day. She shouldn't have been in this crowd, first of all. That's the first obstacle. And like I said, the second obstacle is that she, she probably is perceived to be unclean. So everyone she comes into contact with, she's making unclean. It, that's what some people believed back in the day. So she's putting herself at great risk by being in this crowd. But as she pushes through, I believe as she pushes through this crowd to see Jesus, with every step her heartbeat rises, I believe her, her heart's pumping, I believe she's probably scared to death. But you know what? The fear of not being healed is far worse than the actual, the opportunity to be healed for her. So she steps through the crowd. And she comes to Jesus, and I, I think what she does next is so offensive. It's the most offensive thing. She doesn't tap Jesus on the shoulder and say, excuse me, sir, can you heal me? She just grabs his cloak and believes. She steals her miracle from God. Outrageous. She stole a miracle from God? Like, I'd like to steal a Ferrari from God. <laughs> She stole a miracle from God. This is unbelievable. And and Jesus turns around, he stops, and I think she gets even more frightened because this is a huge crowd. If you've been into a football match or a big concert or whatever, I believe that this crowd was so packed. And the closer you got to Jesus, the more packed it was. And people were touching Jesus all over as they do in those crowds. But Jesus had been touched in a different way. And he turns around and he says to his disciples, who touched me? And they're like, Jesus, you are crazy. Everyone. But he carries on looking around. And I think this woman does the bravest thing yet in this next interaction because she could have just ran away with a miracle. But she came forward to God and it says she declared everything. It was me. Expecting a rebuke, Jesus does the exact opposite and says... Your faith has healed you. Wow. See, faith takes a risk. A huge risk. See, I just wonder what would happen if Christians began to take huge steps of faith, huge risks as they follow Jesus like this lady did. See, I think we choke our aspirations and our dreams because we're not willing to risk, to step forward into the crowd like this lady did. See, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we don't see. Then there are going to be times when we have to take that step. And if God doesn't come through, we're in trouble. There's going to be those times. See, I believe, though, this is exactly where God wants us. And that song, Oceans, it resonated with so many of us because it's talking about stepping into the unknown and God coming through. That's what we're talking about this morning. God wants us in a place where we aren't talented enough, where we aren't strong enough, where we aren't rich enough. And where if he doesn't come through, we're in trouble. Are you taking risks? Are you taking steps of faith? 
See, I think we sit around waiting for God to say something when he's already said plenty to us in his word. Yeah, he speaks to us. Yes, he leads us. Yes, he guides us. But I'll pray and I'll commit it to him. And if I don't feel opposition and if it lines up with his word, I'm going to go for it. I think sometimes we sit down and we, and we wait for God to say something out of laziness or fear. When, to be honest, he already told us enough when he told us to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. He told us that. See, faith takes a risk. The next thing you see is this, that faith makes a move. This woman, she didn't sit back. She didn't wait for Jesus to come to her. She took a miracle from God. What if we had some people from Arena Church who rise up with such a confidence, such a faith in God, that they know that as they move, as they commit what they're doing to God, that they know is going to come through for them? What happens if we saw some people step up into our community, saw some people step up into their workplaces, and know that as they move, as they commit what they're doing to God, that he will come through in the face of huge risks. That's what this woman did. She stepped out, took a risk, and God came through. See, that's when we see an area change for Jesus. When ordinary people take huge steps of faith, relying on God. Are you sitting back? Are you waiting for your word? Come on now, church. Let's step up into all God's called us to be. Let's take steps of faith. Let's take a risk. Let's make a move. I think sometimes we're begging God for a word when he says, I already gave you all you need. You know, his Bible, the Bible, amazing book, more than that, it's a guideline for life. That's his primary way of communicating with you. And if your Bible is just gathering dust on the bedside or on the book cabinet or wherever, then you are choking your relationship with God. Come on, faith makes a move. The next thing I see is this, that faith hears the voice of Jesus over the voice of the world. See, we come back to our other focal point in this story, Jairus. See, the woman had been healed, but in the commotion, this man's daughter has died. His friends come, tell him, look, don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter's dead, let him go. But Jesus overheard and he said, don't worry, don't fear. Sorry, don't be afraid, just believe. Now, I know a lot of you in here are super holy, but if this was me, I would be freaking out. Like, the thing I hate is like, you know when someone cuts you up in the car, like, Okay, I'm sorry, I'll admit it. Like, sometimes I lose it. <laughs> so I'm like, what's this idiot doing? <laughs> no, I never say idiot. <laughs> and like Helen will be there, like she'll be like really calm and she'll be like, really, don't worry, it doesn't mean anything. Like, I'm like, babe, I just want you to freak out with me. Do you know like, please freak out with me. I think what Jesus was doing here was infuriating because I'm like, Jesus, like I want to go and jump off a cliff because my daughter's died. Can you just get a little bit agitated? But Jesus, they're like, don't be afraid. <laughs> it's going to be all right. See, this short interaction teaches us a key element of faith. Listen to the voice of Jesus over the voice of the world. 
See, the world will tell you a lot. The world will tell you that you aren't good enough, that you'll never do anything, that you're not talented enough, that you won't be healed of that disease. But Jesus will tell you that you are more than a conqueror, that you can do all things through him who gives you strength, that he is mighty to save and that he hasn't let anybody down and he won't start with you. If you're sitting here today and you feel like God isn't coming through, I need to tell you today, he is there with you. He's carrying you. He's walking with you. Don't walk away from him. Walk to him. He will not let you down. See, faith chooses which voice to tune into. If you tune into the voice of the world, you'll get lost and depressed very quickly because we go through stuff, don't we? Like we go through some real situations. But God sees something different. He says something different about your situation. That he can bring you through. That he can deliver you. That it might be dark right now, but joy comes in the morning. Mm. Thank you, God. Throw yourself on him. Throw yourself on him. See, if Jairus would have listened to the voice of man, his daughter would never have been healed. He wouldn't have pressed through. But because he listened to the voice of Jesus, his daughter was raised to life. See, what aspirations do you have that the world said will never happen? Maybe it's that business. Maybe it's that ministry. Maybe it's seeing your office saved by Jesus. But the, the world has been telling you that you're stupid. That voice inside your head called fear has been telling you it could never happen. If you're going to aspire to great things, you will have to shake off the naysayers of the world, like Taylor Swift said, shake it off. And you'll have to tune into the voice of God. See, what we're doing here at Arena, people have said it'll never work. We'll never build a prevailing church in Elkson and Mansfield. We'll never serve the community. We'll never see a community saved. But we listen to God over the voice of the world. And God's called us to go and grow and to love and serve our community. And that's exactly what we will do. Faith hears the voice of Jesus over the voice of the world. The next thing I see from this amazing passage is this, that faith not only hears something different, but faith sees something different. See, when they saw this little girl, they were losing the plot, just as you and me would. But what did Jesus do? He didn't get drawn in. He saw something different. He said, the child's not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him. You know, when you come out with your aspiration, with your vision, with your dream, people will laugh at you. Oh, well, I hope they do, because if your, if your vision is just to go a little step that you can do, then people won't laugh. They'll be like, yeah, you could do that. But I think a lot of the time, God ordained visions and dreams are dreams that the world like to laugh at because they seem stupid, yeah? yeah. Listen to the voice of God, see? Faith sees something different. See, faith sees through different eyes, and we have to tap into Jesus for this. We need to see the world as he sees it. See people as he sees them. See, many people see these towns that we're in today, Ilkeston, Mansfield, the surrounding areas where you live, where I live. Some people see this kind of part of the country even as, oh, it's just the Midlands. It's just Ilkeston, it's just Mansfield. But we're believing. We're seeing what Jesus sees. And I think Jesus sees something different. Jesus sees the crime rates changing. Jesus sees the people addicted to drugs changing. People, Jesus sees this town rising and being a place where people can find him. Jesus sees something different. 
See, faith sees something different. What are you seeing for your life? Are you believing for more? Do you have aspirations? Do you believe God when he says that he wants to give you more than you can ask, think, or imagine? He does. See something different over your life. Your life contains so much promise. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. Your life contains promise. See, God wants you to succeed. In John 10, 10, he says, I came that you may have life and life more abundantly. Aspire to more, aspire to bigger, not in your strength, but in his, not for selfish ambition, but for the kingdom. We need people who are going to earn millions of pounds who will fund the work that we're doing here. We need people who will be market leaders in their industry because that gives influence. We need nurses, doctors, teachers, professionals, builders, chefs, laborers, salespeople, servers who will believe that God is calling them to places of influence so that we can see our world changed. See, something I'm struggling with is is understanding. I think it's hard for us to get this, but God wants to bless us. You don't need to beg God to bless you. I've been like that. I've been like, you know, trying to live a great life so God can bless me. That's not the way we do it. It comes from our relationship with God. God wants to bless you. God is a good father. He wants to bless his children. Believe that over your life. He wants to give you more. The last thing I see is this, that faith has a different language. Band, you can come up. See, we see that these people were crying and wailing loudly. I'm sure they were saying things like, she's dead, I can't believe it, she's gone. She's only 12. I can't believe it. We've lost her. But Jesus didn't get drawn in. He, he had a different language. See, the family was speaking words of death where Jesus' words brought life. Verse 41, it says, he took her hand and said to her, Talitha Kuhn, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. As soon as he uttered these words of life, this little girl sprang back into life and she was alive. See, Jesus had spoken a different language. He had brought words of life. See, faith always has a different language. Aspiration has a different language. What you say, the words you use, they are so important. I hear so many people be so negative about their lives, about the people around them, about the job, about the church, whatever it may be. I'll tell you a quick story. Even in our own church a few years ago, I spoke to a person, told them just talking about life. and I was just saying, you know, I'm having a great time. And this person said to me, just be careful because that could change. I was like, what a negative way to view life. See, we go through things, don't we? We all know that. But I want to believe that even in the valley, that I can soar with God. That's what I want to believe. See, people are talking themselves down in our world, talking themselves out of it, speaking words of death. See, the Bible backs this up in Proverbs 18, 21. It says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. 
See, people of faith have a different language. We need modern day prophets, not who say, thus says the Lord, but who will rise up and prophesy over people's lives, prophesy over our communities, prophesy over their friends. I I love doing this. I love saying to my non-Christian friends, you know what, you're called to more. You know what, you've got a big plan for your life. You know what, you are so talented because it's a different language. They've not heard that before. People haven't heard that. This is the language of faith. See, those who achieve great things have a different language. They speak what isn't into life. This is the language of faith. I want to ask you today, have you been living in fear rather than faith? See, faith isn't the absence of fear. It's pressing ahead in the face of fear. As you step out, as you step into that new thing, as you stand on the edge and you're like, God, if you don't come through, I'm in a mess. I guarantee you'll be no more scared than you've ever been in your entire life. You'll be be frightened. But you know what? When God comes through, wow, what stories you'll have to tell. What lives you'll change. What areas will see impacted. Let's take a step of faith. Let's make a move. Let's trust that God's going to come through. If we believe that he's walking beside us, surely he's not going to let us fall. Surely not. Have you been saying no to your dreams and aspirations because it might not work out? Don't value the fear of failure over your God calling over your life. Don't do that. Have you been living in your own strength? See, God's calling you to pick up that dream, pick up that aspiration and have faith that he can and he will come through. Have we got some people in arena who will reach out and take hold of what God has called them to? Will you take that step into the unknown where you can't rely on your own strength and have to rely on God? God's calling you to more. See, our church, our world needs you to function in what he's called you to. Please don't lay down that aspiration. We need you living out of your calling because as 300 people step up and take hold of what God's called them to, we will see an area changed. In Acts 2, we see that there was a number of about 120, I think 125, something like that, who changed the whole world. So the whole world changed. Well, can't we believe that a number of 300 can see our town and area changed? Let's see with the eyes of faith. Let's listen to the the voice of Jesus because that's what he wants. I'll just ask you to bow your head and close your eyes, please, just for a second. You're not praying, you're just giving people their privacy. And first of all, I want to ask, if you don't know Jesus this morning, if you don't know this Jesus, I want to tell you this about him. He's not angry at you, but he loves you. He cares for you. What he wants is to know you. He wants to be invited into your mess because we all know we're a mess really. And if for the first time today you want to get to know him, you want to invite him into your life, I just ask you to lift your hand as a sign to you and as a sign to God. You want to know Jesus. Just lift your hand this morning. Right. Now for the rest of us, 
I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. I'm going to ask you to take a huge risk this morning. And this is for you guys who are Christians already. But if you say, Josh, I want to step into the more. Josh, I want to step into that immeasurably more. I want to step into all God has for my life. I want to step into that aspiration. I want to step into that dream. I want my faith to rise so I can see my world change, so I can see my office changed. If that's you this morning, you want to respond to God, I just ask you to stand up. Take a step of faith this morning. You won't be the only one. Come on now, people are standing around this place. Don't be worried about the person on your left and the right. This is not for them, this is for you. Thank you, God. Oh, God, people stepping into all you've called us to. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, can we just lift this song up and then I'll just come back and pray. Is that all right? Let's just worship God and I'll just come back and pray in just a second. Let's just lift him up.